0: Hey, Aaron, have you heard that we have a promotional code for speechtherapypd.com? I think I heard the same thing. Yes. So, <laughs> as if we both hadn't heard that, but um, it's First Bite. So, if you log on to speechtherapypd.com and enter the promotional code First Bite, it takes $10 off an annual subscription. And, Aaron, do you want to? That wanna-
1: includes all the pod courses.
0: Yes, and we have four now. I'm not sure if y'all knew that. We have four. We have first five. Yeah, we do. it's speech uncensored. Um, and in case y'all haven't heard of this lovely lady, she focuses on adults and I know that there's a fair few of you out there that PRN impedes and or PRN in adults. So be sure to check out Speech uncensored and it also includes the speech link and the SLP Now podcast with Miss Marisha, who I like Fangirl Crush. She's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Okay, all right, so promo code is First
1: Byte. Whoop,
0: whoop, and don't let it autocorrect you to B Y T E because it does it did that to me a couple times. So Woo-hoo. there it is. Woohoo!
1: <laughs> Hi, it's Erin. I'm your regular co-host of First Bite. First of all, I wanna thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening to First Bite. We've been incredibly encouraged and excited by the feedback we've received and are looking forward to the future. In the meantime, if you've been enjoying First Bite, please take a moment. Maybe pause your device to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. This podcast started out as a small idea to bring convenient, tangible resources to SLPs and other professionals, and we value your feedback more than anything. Leaving those reviews truly helps us out. Enjoy the episode and thanks for listening.
0: Hi, folks, and welcome to First Bite, fed, fun, functional resources for the pediatric clinician. I am your host on this nerd venture, Michelle Dawson, ccc SLP, the all things PEDS SLP. I am a colleague in the trenches of home health early intervention right there with you. I run my own private practice, Heartwood Speech Therapy, in Town, South Carolina, and guest lecture nationwide on best practices for early intervention for the medically fragile child. First Bite's mission is short and sweet, to bring light and hope to the world for the pediatric clinician, parent, or advocate. In this podcast, we cover everything from AAC to breastfeeding best practice for running a private practice, and all the nitty-gritty details involving feeding and swallowing by interviewing the subject matter experts themselves. We bring the data to you. Every fourth episode, I am joined by the lovely Erin Forward, MSP, CF SLP, a Yankee transplant who actually inspired this journey and who also walks the wild, woolly, and sometimes sticky walk of early intervention with us. Sit back, relax, and watch out for all the squirrels and enjoy this geeky gig brought to you by SpeechTherapyPD.com. So tonight's guest is my fabulous partner in SLP crimes, Aaron Forward, MSP CCC SLP, and we are covering IDSI. I definitely heard someone thinking, what the heck is ITZY? So ITZY stands for the International Dysphagia Diet Standardization Initiative. And please note, standardization is in the British English form and not the American English form when you go to Google the spelling. And so for those of us out there that have the gray hairs, think of it as basically the new and improved national dysphagia diet that came back, came out. 2002, by the um, uh, was it the diabetic association? No Oh, yeah, no, 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 national dysphagia diet. That was 2002. There's too many twos, folks. Just saying. Okay, so long story short, today proves to be interesting as I'm kind of feeling like a fish out of water. This was supposed to take effect the itsy change on May 1st, 2019, and here we are on August 6th. And I'm honestly just really getting to know it. And I caught a post this morning on the SIG13 forum. Um, for those of you that don't know it, it's a special interest group 13. It's specifically designed for dysphagia um, across the lifespan. Uh, and the post was about another person just now asking about what is itsy. So I know I'm not the only one out there that feels a bit out of date and we're pl- trying to play catch up. And... Then I have another added layer. In my immediate area, the major health systems are still working on implementing this behemoth of a project. And there's a trickle-down impact that if the documentation from a modified barium swallow study indicates goals within the national dysphagia diet standards, then on my end, I have to switch it over to the IDSI guidelines in order to put it in my eval and my plan of care and actually put it into my current evidence-based practice. Well, then personally on my end, I have to do a lot more legwork to understand in detail what consistency was evaluated on the modified and or the fees. Cause we do, we have started doing fees locally. Oh, I was mm-hmm. excited about that. So that's what today's episode is. It's the legwork to make for a smooth transition from NDD to IDC. So, hi, that's a lot. Erin, how are you doing? Anything exciting happened in your world lately?
1: <laughs> um, well, I think this is the first podcast that I can officially say I have my woo Woohoo, baby! <clears throat> yes! So that's a relief. You, you
0: survived it. You made it your first year.
1: I made it my first year. Yes. There's, yeah, August in South Carolina, though, is no joke.
0: No, dude, this this humidity is, like, completely for the birds. Like, it's, hell, the birds will not even want to fly in this
1: stuff. And it's the first time I've lived on the first floor. Uh-huh. And that equates to a lot of bugs.
0: Uh-huh. It does. We caught. We. um, I'm not sure if y'all saw it or not, but um, I managed to kill a palmetto bug with my bare hands that flew in. I think it was Friday night. Was it Friday night or Saturday night? Yes. It was. It was was quite delightful. And a
1: palmetto bug is a flying cockroach. For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of coming in contact with one,
0: Um, it's. I think our state bug, and it's about um, five inches long. Um, four inches long. I don't know. It's like as big as my hand. And I squashed that sucker with the paper towel. So that's my new and exciting news. Um, you had your tiny one in your bathroom. You killed it with a shoe, didn't you?
1: I usually kill them with the a <laughs> <stock. laughs>
0: And on that note, we're going to talk about what we're eating today. Yay!
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's disgusting.
0: Okay. All right. There's somebody out there that has also heard of the Palmetto state bug and they're like, yeah, that's um, no, totally. All right. So where would it fall on the Etsy framework? Um, soft and bite sized or <laughs> minced? I'll behave. All right. So Aaron, what is Etsy and where can I go to learn more about it?
1: Okay. So as you said, um, Itsy is the International Dysphagia Diet Standardization Initiative. Mm-hmm. Quite a mouthful. Um, it started, and for resources, when I was doing research, um, ASHA has a ton of stuff on ITZY. There's even like a 30-minute webinar on it. They have their own links and then links to the ITZY website, which just go to the ITZY website. Um, they have... A ton of resources for professionals talking about their testing methods, why they did it, all the research. And then they also have a resource page that has, like, really, really helpful handouts for literally everything, every consistency, peds, adults, every... um, And
0: it's two separate charts. Like,
1: they have one just for pediatrics. Mm -hmm. And
0: then one separate one for geriatrics. Yes. And I know that there's a few of y'all out there that listen that treat both. Mm -hmm. So that would be helpful to delineate the two. Yes.
1: But um, it started, ASHA has like a history of IDC. um, And it started in 2012 with a collaboration of a multidisciplinary group of volunteers from a variety of settings. So they had nutrition, dietetics, medicine. SLPs, OTs, nursing, patient safety, engineering, food science, and technology. Um, And they reviewed a lot of the literature. Um, And I think one thing I took from looking at all this is it allows us all to speak the same language. And because they went through a review and they have on their website all the articles, all the literature that they found to back up each of the consistencies. They even went into what they called the choking literature, where they- The hot dogs. About, yeah, hot dogs, bread. That's a big one they talk about. And they kind of give reasons why things are certain consistencies, why things are certain levels based on all this research that they did. And so ASHA's start, I think it was um, in 2013, ASHA supported the initiative and the two big supports are ASHA and then the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. I think I said that. I think mm-hmm. that's, which is cool because it gives us and RDs the same language to communicate consistency, safety, all that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. And
1: it helps, I think, with research.
0: Yes. Okay. So the backstory on why that communication is important is that when the um, National Dysphagia Diet came out? It was not a collaborative, spearheaded mm-hmm. effort. So um, there's a old Asha Wire Asha Leader article, National Dysphagia Diet: What to Swallow. It was featured on um, the first of November, two thousand and three, by Gary McCullough, Kathy. I'm going to say this wrong. Pelleter and Katriona Steele. And they gave the backstory for explaining what the NDD diet is. It was published in 2002 by the American Dietetic Association. But they also had a clause in there. As the NDD states, further study and peer-reviewed scientific data will be needed to truly quantify the management parameters surrounding um, the complex diagnosis of dysphagia and the proposed diets for each one. And so they gave basically four levels of foods and then the proposed liquids were a different four levels. But anybody that's out there like I've been out there, you know that we had the proposed four levels of liquids. But within that, we also had in between these.
1: Yeah. Like, so um, half nectar,
0: which I grew up having that taught to me um, naturally thick naturally thick, the consistency of a Bloody Mary or a blended mudslide. I distinctly remember a professor telling me that one time and everybody in the class, I mean, you're talking to a room full of graduate students was like, yeah, word that makes sense. But so the, the the backstory was that the NDD diet
1: was not consistent.
0: So what, it also
1: wasn't for every, like not every country is using that. So yes. this is like there, it, I mean, the if you have that dysphagia in one this, place, you'll
0: have it in the other place. Yeah. Just a diet. Sorry. Dysphagia diets. You know what I mean? So that was the, that's the backstory and the transition. And I, I'm stoked that it's finally here, but now what do you do with it? You know what I mean? That's yeah, a huge shift. A lot. All right. So it's not just a shift. And most of us work in the home health world, but think about it from a industry standard. When you said the food science people, we have a, a thing, a thickener that we picked up at Walgreens yesterday. And it's, it's just a, a regular thickener and it's clearly got the NDD guidelines on the back. But can you imagine working in a hospital and having to completely change all the dietary regimens and having to get the entire staff on board with the new consistencies. And then the food science industry, the food industry, they have prepackaged liquids to put in mass. So that way it mm-hmm. saves times and money in the kitchen. They just pull out nectar thick and they plop it on the tray and they send you on your way. But with this change, that entire easy breezy system goes out the door. So, I mean, this is not for the faint of heart. And then it trickles down to you and I in the home health outpatient clinic world, which, yeah, I mean, I have had a hard time getting families to follow directions mm-hmm. that are labeled and printed on the back of these containers. And now we're adding in a, a whole nother level. So... It will take time, but the benefits of this are amazing. And folks, if you're not going to it, just squirrel, and then we'll come back to the questions. There are, in case you haven't caught it at the ASHA conference and convention in November, there are several IDC talks and posters. So be sure to swing by and check out the IDC presentations there because that will, I mean, we're we're going to scratch the surface, but if you want to get in depth, that's where I would go. So Okay. All right. So, I said ASHA. We're going to hit ASHA. And you said the um, IDDSI website and the ASHA website are some great resources. Also, other resources, the Dysphagia Research Society, the um, BCSS folks had some information. And, oh, I can't remember the other one. National Foundation of Swallowing Disorders. That's what it was. yeah, They have a ton of information available about the IDDSI transition. So... Check those out for resources. Now, lay it on me. What is the difference, Miss Erin, between the National Dysphagia Diet for Foods and Itsies?
1: I feel like the liquids pose, especially with terminology, are a little different. Are even more different than?
0: We're starting with foods. I know. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, you're talking about comparisons. Yes. Okay. I'm not with you. I haven't had enough coffee and it's getting late.
1: (laughs) But uh, IDC did a ton of research on, they went a lot into choking, I feel like, which is something that wasn't, NDD did not do. When they talk about, so for IDC, and I'll go through foods, you have regular, easy to chew, which are both a level seven. Okay. Uh, soft and bite-sized. It's a six, minced and moist, and which is interesting choice of words, pureed and then liquidized. And I'll say that liquidized is the same as moderately thick, and pureed is the same as extremely thick liquids. And also, if you uh, if you're driving, definitely don't look at the chart while you're listening to this. But later, or if you're not driving. Look at the chart while you're listening to this.
0: It's, it's two triangles mm-hmm. and they're adjacent to each other. So you can yeah. see the overlap.
1: But they said yeah. in their research that the reason that they have two different names for the same consistency is because for food production and just for kitchens and things like that, they need a different name for a drink versus a food.
0: I uh-huh. that makes sense.
1: Um, so that's why there's they have two different names, even though flow rate consistency, they're the
0: same. Okay. So to take those seven steps, that's drastically different from the four that I had to memorize in grad school. So the four on the national dysphagia diet, we had NDD level one, which is pureed level two, which is mechanically altered. Um, like mech chop is so that what would I would be like.
1: They're minced and moist. Yes.
0: And then level three is dysphagia advance. So you're looking more at like level six there on the idzi and then the top one was the regular. So when I was coming along for NDD, if they were on regular foods, they could handle salads with tomatoes, cucumbers, grapes with the skins on them, tomatoes with the, that skin on them and like hard, crusty breads. And then it went down from there, but it was just four layers. But the problem that I always saw was that between level two and level three, and I'm sure everybody out there has also seen this, the mechanically altered and the dysphagia advance, sometimes they looked the same. And so if you had a patient that need slight changes, I mean, it may, they may have unfortunately been put on like a way lower diet, but those were, those were the four. And I didn't even always see those four. Sometimes we'd have mech soft or mech chopped, and then it would go up to dysphagia advance, which was basically um, it, one of the kitchens that I worked with, instead of it being like a baguette bun where it was like dried and crusty, they would just put on like us a, a piece of sandwich bread on there. But it could have been, I mean, when they sit out, they get dried out. So, I mean, that wasn't technically dysphagia advance. That was a regular food by that, you know. Mm-hmm. And those are incredibly frustrating. Now, when you take it down to the peds world, they didn't have this explanation in the world of pediatrics. It was the same diet across the lifespan, which was really frustrating because that's where then with baby foods, we have like level one, two, three pureed baby foods. Mm-hmm. And that kind of is basically NDD level one and level two, but it's planned for that.
1: Yes. And they go into, like, they have on their resources charts for peds and charts for adults. And they look into those differences because kids are smaller and don't have the same skill set that adults have. Yes. And
0: different etiologies. Different etiologies. Have teeth, don't have teeth. Well, some of our adults may not have teeth. But, I mean, our tiny humans, for the most part, are, like, working on the growing of them instead of the losing of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So they go into the first solid would be the moderately or um, liquid liquidized. And that can be drunk from a cup or eaten with a spoon, which is why it's, it has the same flow rate, but it's as the liquid mm -hmm. is considered a food. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're Um, looking at, level
0: three on the foods is level three also on the drinks and there's an overlap there Mm -hmm. and i promise this may not make sense while we're describing it but if you you see the chart yeah it makes perfect sense
1: and they give you like rationale for why you would have this certain thickness so they Mm -hmm. if if they have pain on swallowing if tongue control is insufficient to manage something more thick Mm -hmm.
0: Explain explain the test because so, okay. that you, you can't go into the detail without explaining the test. So
1: this is where I feel like it's difficult. And this is where research is being done at certain hospitals for thickeners. Because in order to figure out what level something is, you take a It's called the flow test, at least for the very thick. All liquids and then, yes, the thinnest foods. And all liquids. Mm -hmm. So you take a syringe, you remove the plunger. I guess that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. It's called the plunger
0: um, um, folks that are out there. If you're a mom or if you're a dad and you're listening, you know, the little infant syringes that you like when the kids got like Tylenol and you just like squirted in their mouth, it kind of looks like that except it's slightly larger. And then you also have to compare it to a ruler to make sure that it has, mm-hmm. um, the correct, uh, milliliters.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you take your finger and put it at the nozzle. So you're covering it. -hmm. Pour the liquid or the food in to 10 milliliters, release it with your finger, and then set a timer for 10 seconds and stop. And where the liquid, wherever measurement is left, tells you the thickness. So, obviously, the more liquid that's left in the syringe, the thicker it's going to be because it took longer to flow. Mm -hmm. And so, what hospitals are trying to figure out is finding the right thickener, the right you know, rice cereal or
0: oatmeal, um, oatmeal or, or
1: commercial thickener that's yep. going to allow for that flow rate because obviously we don't have those measurements yet for a lot of the thickeners that we use. So they have, it's the standardized assessment, but in reality, it's every, not standardized. Every mom, <laughs> no one can sit before every feet. Like that's just difficult. It's
0: because of the thickeners themselves. Right. So the measurement is standardized, but the thickeners themselves that are used yes. to are, they're not standardized. And,
1: and to make it even more difficult it see really emphasizes temperature which is really important mm-hmm. and how that can affect consistency so these companies you you're going to have to figure out the flow rate and consistently use the same temperature because when you change the temperature the flow rate changes hence the consistency changes
0: Hey, I'm not sure if you've caught the updates yet, but I have the pleasure, if you haven't seen it already, of announcing the 2020 Speech Therapy PD.com Conference at Sea. We are going aboard a Royal Caribbean Alaskan cruise departing Vancouver, British Columbia, July 10th through 17th of 2020. And I am thrilled and humbled to be announcing that I will be presenting. I have a, a three hour course, a two hour course, a one hour course, and I'm co-presenting another three hour course. And my co-presentation will be with the one and only Lee Ann Porter of Speech Uncensored, which is Speech Therapy PD's newest adult Pod course podcast that just added to our lineup, and Marisha McGordy, the guru behind SLP Now, will also be there. And if you register before September 30th, then you get a free six month subscription to SLP Now. So again, make sure that you register before September 30th of 2019 for the speech therapy PD conference at sea um which is July 10th through 17th of 2020 and I cannot wait to see y'all aboard a ship where we're gonna see real-life bears and like hopefully we'll get to see northern lights so whoop whoop see you at sea bye okay so if you ever cook with coconut oil coconut oil is the perfect example for this coconut oil at room temperature in my house right now with the air conditioning on 74 degrees it it's like a solid it looks like a wax
1: yeah i put it on my hair sometimes
0: wait you
1: put coconut oil yeah, it's on it's your... really good for your hair. are you serious tip of the day
0: tip of the day wait okay you have to sidebar that one later because does it help with split ends
1: helps with split ends it also helps if your scalp's dry
0: Interesting. Fascinating. Okay. All right. So coconut oil. Maybe try that with bear. Yeah. I'll try that for bear. Yes. Poor little boobaloo. Um, okay. So squirrel. All right. So, but when I have coconut oil in my pantry, my pantry gets full sun. And so when it's in the pantry and the hot sun beats on the side, it thins out into like a liquid. So that's, and you know, for our kiddos that are on the ketogenic diet, that's important because if they're on a ketogenic diet and they require a thickened liquid, if the coconut oil gets thin, then it goes from possibly a mildly thick to a thin, which would be a level two to level one. And I know that I jumped into the drinks, but like,
1: yeah, that's it's a problem. Yeah. That's our
0: examples. Yeah. So, so um, that's
1: the, the test this, that's where they came up with all of this. Mm-hmm. And they talk about level three, moderately thick. An example of that would be like infant first food. So like runny rice cereal, runny pureed fruit. Um, some different sauces and gravies that you could like technically drink through a cup, which probably be
0: breast milk and um, oatmeal cereal. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. that's, I know I mean, that's what I did. I mean, I would save mm-hmm. my liquid gold and also August is breastfeeding month, but remember fed is fed is fed is fed, whether it be through an NG or mm-hmm. orally J GJ or J tube or TPN.
1: So yes. there's that. Then we go into our puree, mm-hmm. which we're, all pretty used to. Can't be sucked through a straw. Does not require chewing.
0: Um, so like a level two or level three pureed infant food. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit thicker than, I, yeah. I guess we're moving. Pureed and the-
1: pre- suitable for infants is what they use as an example. Okay. cereal And for that, they use a spoon tilt test. Oh, what? So you take a spoon, put it in the spoon and it, when you tilt the spoon, At like what angle? Like a, like, like a 45 degree angle? You tilt it. Yeah, that's a, like you start with a 45, tilt it to all the way to a 90, kind of let it. Okay. Fall off. They say it holds shape on the spoon, not firm and sticky, and little food is left on the spoon. So peanut butter, it would not be that because it's sticky and it stays on the spoon. And all that. So when your families are like, well, oh, we tried peanut butter," and you're like, mm, mm. "That's gonna have a lot of oral <laughs> residue." And it that, that's why it's stuck on the lot surface of, times of your My tongue. families have been like, "Oh, we put a lot of peanut butter. It's smooth," and you're like, ah, "Ah." So I'm thinking
0: like a yogurt, some of like our infant yogurts. Would. Yes, more like a Greek yogurt. Yes. Like, yes. Yes, that would be. Okay, that would be, as long as they don't have like a dairy yes. allergy. But that would be like the pureed mm-hmm. level four that also coincides with the extremely thick level four. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, Then we get the minced and moist. Really hate the word moist, but <laughs> we'll go with it. It can be eaten with a fork or spoon. can be scooped and shaped like into a ball shape on a plate. Like, you know, in the uh, sounds
0: like avocados. Yeah. Like, but, not a too ripe avocado, but you can, like, yeah, n-
1: slice it up
0: and then you can mold it mm-hmm. and, or like a delicious guacamole. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Cause it, it looks like a little ball. And, yep. yep. And they, the small lumps visible within the food, but they spe- specify for pediatric, they're equal to or less than two millimeters. And with adults, they're equal to or less than four millimeters width. And no longer than for pediatric, no longer than eight millimeters adults, no longer than 15 millimeters. So they totally sounds like avocados. That's, mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite or like a boiled
0: potato. How Southern am I like avocados and like boiled sweet potatoes Mm -hmm. or something like that?
1: Okay. And they use in order to test this, they, you can use a fork to look at, to measure the the um, little pieces, because I guess it, you want it to fit inside those the, prongs of a fork. The tines. I think that's what they're called. Oh, the tines. Tines. Yes. Sorry. Um, I may not know much <laughs> about itsy, but I can
0: tell you about forks. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And then you want, with the spoon test, you want it to hold its shape on the spoon fall off fairly easily. It shouldn't be firm or sticky because you don't need it to be sticking to their mouth.
0: No. No. That's too much of a choking mm-hmm. risk. Okay.
1: Then we get to soft and bite sized. And they specify again for pediatric, no bigger than eight millimeter pieces. And for adults, no bigger than 1.5 centimeter pieces, which I know y'all aren't going to be going like measuring with a ruler. But they just. We want are bagless
0: therapists here in the first bite world. <laughs> so <laughs> so like,
1: like- <laughs> I think, it, I mean, examples they use are let's see, they talk about like. Cook tender meat, you can use like soft fish that you can break into small pieces. And then like mashed fruit. Uh, like but they but the big thing with itsy, they have this whole statement on mixed consistencies, like soup with vegetables in it. They don't seem to really recommend mixed consistencies. anyone but what you have to do if you're gonna like for anyone with dysphagia but what you have to do if it's a mixed consistency is test both consistencies they have to be approved for like thin liquids if it's like a thin soup and those bite-sized pieces for vegetable because
0: you have to be able to control it's two different consistencies
1: and it's even harder than those individual consistencies like you know and we have those parents that are like I tried level three baby foods which like Whatever level three baby foods that some of those companies make are literally like a thin liquid with like little pieces of meat. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why isn't this working for them? You're like, because one flows really quickly and the other one is just little pieces in their mouth and they panic. And so they,
0: add, they have premature spillage, aspirate on the thin liquid mm-hmm. and then hold the. Okay. Also, that's uh, the baby foods that are a stage three, yeah. most of those, you can just take regular food and mash it into that minced moist or that soft and bite size. Mm-hmm. And, and that's better for the children because then they're eating the foods that's natural in their home. So like leftovers, I would just, whatever mom cooked for leftovers, that's an awesome op- opportunity to use natural environment flavors and foods and just mash them to this consistency of soft and bite-sized minced Mm -hmm. moist okay you uh, you made me think of like tuna salad chicken salads yeah i mean it's hot it's summertime we're in like salad season down here Uh um but that's
1: what that made me think of yeah because so like that's something that and you have to just be careful because you don't i think the biggest thing is like those runny Mm
0: -hmm.
1: anything that has like a thin to slightly Thick.
0: super ripe watermelon when yeah, you they bite talk into about it that. Mm-hmm. yeah nope when you bite into it that turns into a mixed consistency because you've got the watermelon pulp on one hand and then the juices explode on the other mm-hmm. so that's that's not so that's easy for some... them to control mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. then level seven has two levels so easy to chew normal everyday foods that are soft and tender They can be a range of sizes, but you don't want anything that's, like, hard, tough, chewy, stringy, crunchy, husks, bones. Basically, like, this is your – their swallows pretty – like, oral mother skills are, like, decent. We're working on a regular diet. They're
0: almost there. They're almost there. Almost there. Yeah. So, like, do they give examples of, like – my first thought is, like, the teething biscuits – um which crack me. But that's
1: up. they call that a transitional food. Okay,
0: so that would all right, so that's not
1: that's a whole yeah. See like trans, yeah. Transitional foods. Well I on guess the all side. of them yeah. All right, so when
0: you're looking at the triangle, on the side, on the left side of the triangle is like, what is that, a parallelogram? Oh my gosh, geometry, dude. I think it's a parallelogram. We're going to go with it because it sounds cool. I think I know my shape. It looks like a squash rectangle and it says transitional foods. And I always get back to the yogurt puffs. Those aren't like a real food. Those are like an astronaut ice cream explosion in your mouth. Before you stick a yogurt puff in a kid's mouth, put one in your mouth and see what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times they'll get stuck on your teeth and it melts but it goes through so many different stages and sometimes it kind of starts at regular and then goes down so that would be word of the wise yeah
1: but they want like in this a pressure from a spoon held on its side can be used to cut it so think about that like for the
0: level two level seven easy to chew Mm -hmm. like you want
1: to be, you don't want like those tough vegetables. Um,
0: okay, like broccoli that hasn't been steamed. You don't
1: give person steak when they're
0: on this. Yeah,
1: I, I don't have too many tiny humans that are throwing down the steaks. Yes, and bread that can be broken apart into smaller pieces with the side of a fork. They're very careful about bread because a lot of the research shows that bread it's people so will chocable. think it's like a yeah. People don't think it needs to be in like a regular uh-huh. people in the past have, I think, used bread as like a more of a soft, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I think they're based on the choking literature, bread, you be cautious with bread.
0: Okay. So back in the day with the NDD diet, when we had the advanced or the mech if they were on the dysphagia advanced and it was like, uh, we would, I would often see at the hospital that I worked with, it'd be a slice of bread with like, a cut up Salisbury steak on it or chicken fried steak. And then um, with a slurry or a gravy over top, but it was already cut. But that bread, even though it was the base, my mouth is salivating. Can you tell I'm old school country? I'm like "Mm, chicken fried steak with gravy, but like that would be difficult then. Mm -hmm. And I expressed concern. However, we're talking Michelle 10
1: plus years ago
0: when I was a CF and, and
1: then you have to think about the gravy and what, Consistency, consistency that is, is. yeah but you yeah know. so that's a whole other thing yeah regular is just regular there's no restraint restrictions they go to town are, they're good to go their dentures are working fine tiny humans things, teeth are coming teeth in we're we just on the up and up and then they talk about transitional foods start with one texture and change into another texture specifically when moisture is applied or a temperature change um so our teething biscuits and biting not required minimal chewing required Mm -hmm. um, maybe used for developmental teaching or rehab of chewing skills and yeah so that's kind of ice cream ice chips um some biscuits some potato crisps as they say because it's british What's a potato crisp? Chips, but they call them crisps because chips oh. are um, French fries. Okay, prawn crisps specifically. <laughs> <They use it. laughs> I'm one. sorry. I'm happy if I can get a kid on my caseload to eat a banana. A just prawn crisp. Throw some prawn crisps. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um. just, like, I just what we yeah use, like what they, you see speech therapists about like veggie sticks. Yeah, rice puffs, puffs, puffs. Man, those kids. Some of my kids love some puffs. And they also give you choking risks. So, like, they have a whole thing about foods that pose choking risks, which is probably a good resource to give to some of your parents when they tell you that the grandparents fed them a hot dog and were not on a regular diet just to give them – Uh huh.
0: I, we had that happen in our household. My kid sister specifically told Poppy, don't give my um, youngest um, peanuts. He was three. He choked on a peanut and Poppy whacked him on the back as I came running to the other room because I could hear him fussing and, um, there's a reason that Goose and Bear at six and four still are not allowed to have nuts. I'm nuts, but they're not eating. I can't not see yeah. my nephew going through that. So yes, please educate the grandparents.
1: Yes. And there's a lot of, a lot of resources on all that, which I think is really good because we get ourselves sometimes into a, what consistency is this? And the he really digs deep and it kind of, they thought of everything.
0: That's amazing. So
1: that, and, and, what I want people to know, like they, someone in their frequently asked questions was like, my facility uses, you know, if you're used to like the nectar honey, if you're used to only having three different levels of liquids, that's still okay. You just have to standardize it to the flow rate. So you could only, you could use like a zero, a three and a four. You don't need to use the two. You don't need to use the moderately thick Okay. or the mildly thick. So it's not like you're having to jump to using all these different I'll consistencies, but you have to too. speak the same language. Okay. Which we think about like this side note, we think about like, what's word what am I looking for between research and clinicians? Like there's not as much
0: research to practice.
1: Yes. And so if we're using, if everyone is using the same language, we can have more research. We have more data for people in research that are maybe looking at things differently than we are. And so in that aspect, it's, Really good. So that's like the food. We haven't even gone into the liquids yet, so.
0: Okay, I have a couple thoughts. One, when we go to write our clinical notes, I know the computer bank system that I use, I would have to go through and get every single goal updated. So I'm thinking from a.
1: And in the one that we use in like the oral motor feeding section, I'm pretty sure like the sections are labeled by like puree
0: aren't they they were i i had our um so aaron and i use the exact same commercial billing system and um i had an option there's an option there where you can just add in a blank one and i had my own gold data bank. so for me that's simply going in alternating alter updating my goals because I can't say altering um, and then putting them in there. But for some of y'all out there, this, if you have like an IT guy on staff or an IC, that sexist, an IT person on yes. staff, um, then you're going to need to work with that person to get them to update and decide at your specific facility, mm-hmm. whether, excuse me, it's outpatient, yeah. inpatient, like how like it's up there. Yeah.
1: It's going to probably depend on when the hospital around you starts to mm-hmm. use that terminology with their swallow studies.
0: So suggestion, I would do a bridge. I would put in there um, in your, in your goals, I would put um IDC, like patient will tell, um, patient will accept, um, safest, least restrictive PO diet of, uh, level five minced and moist. And then whatever that correlates over to say that's like NDD level two or three, at yeah. your facility. But I would put both of those in the
1: goals that way there's no confusion. And then, yeah, because if you're, if you're just like this patient, isn't necessarily appropriate for a swallow study, but oral motor wise, we're having difficulties. Then you're going to be the one deciding mm-hmm. appropriate consistency just by your evil and home health, as opposed to from a swallow study. So that is important. To
0: yeah. You know, because close. I mean, I, we you and I have both seen the kids that absolutely refuse to open, um, for a, a swallow trial when we get them to the hospital. Mm-hmm.
1: Or they seem to do okay. In the swallow study, swallow wise on certain consistencies, and they're in a home. regular diet, and you watch them eat with no head control, and you're like,
0: mm, That does we're not. We're gonna compute. take a
1: step back.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Let's rewind. All right. So folks just remember instrumental swallow exams are one snapshot in time and do not paint the complete and total picture. So, um, that was, that was a mighty powerful squirrel and soapbox, but something that has happened to, um,
1: (laughs) and don't just think that you don't have the, cause sometimes it's difficult when a parent comes from a swallow city and says, we're good to go. We can eat whatever we want. And you realize they are probably going to choke on something yep. and we need to kind of rewind that a little bit. So yeah. that's, so, so build a bridge and start with a hybrid
0: goal while you in the larger facilities around you are going from NDD to IDC and maybe make sure that, that you translate the consistency of one, to, like of both of them within your goals. That would be yes. a good strategy while we are um, moving forward. Okay. Yes. All right. So, drinks and I really wish drinks. this was live so that we could do this but um I I, I also at the same time don't want to taste thickened water right now <laughs> so like, thank you No, thank you um yeah so we have our thins okay wait are you doing itsy or um you um, start let's all right let's I'll start, start with the start national out. dysphagia diet all right so the national dysphagia diet what we had was a thin then a nectar like a honey like and a spoon thick. All right. So what I grew up with was a total misconception that nectar-like made foods taste like nectar, which I was always confused. What does nectar taste like? Honey-like, we were adding sugar. I distinctly remember some families saying that um, the baby already had the sugars, therefore they didn't need to add sugar because the baby had like type one juvenile diabetes. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not like causing exacerbation of blood sugars. And then spoon thick. I was also taught to call that pudding thick consistency. And that always um, boggled my mind how we would expect a patient to suck a pudding thick consistency up through a straw. And often they were then having to be spoon fed their thickened liquids. Um, Now within that, even though it had level one, two, three, or four there um, for liquids, there was the other added difficulty of the Mm in-betweens. So we would have naturally thick and whole milk, whole milk was another one they considered a naturally thickened liquid. Well, whole milk still is not the same consistency as um, those tomato juices, right? Mm-hmm. Those are two different. So it was not really... Like V8. V8, yeah. Um, it wasn't really... There There wasn't real standardization in there. And then you add in the fact that the longer that those consistencies sit, the general um, difficulty with the commercial thickeners, the thicker they get. You know, if you've got a kid who's... Bottle is prepped at like nine o'clock in the morning and yet they don't finish it until 10, 10, 15 or say the well-meaning loved one goes and makes a whole day's worth of bottles. And then, you know, because they're trying to be helpful and they don't know by the end of the day, you're trying to drink sludge. And bless it, that's that's not impossible. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so that's NDD. And now we have transitioned from NDD to Mm ITSI. So there's not four thicknesses, approved thicknesses on the NDD because we have those two in between. What are we on the ITSI scale?
1: Okay, so going off of the honey and the nectar, they talk about also about the issue being like the variability of honey. Mm -hmm. And it's like, crystalline and liquid states and that they also talk about how the food honey is a botulism risk for infants under the age of 12. Yeah. So um, did you ever see that? Did you ever see a family add honey to a bottle? I don't think so. Okay. But we start off with thin, um, which is you can pretty much drink through any nipple cup straw. Good for all ages. Solid. Good to go. The use of flow rate for that too that's going to be less than one milliliter remaining after 10 seconds. I mean, so it's just like basically a one to one ratio. One second, you should
0: lose one milliliter. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Um, Slightly thick is their level one thicker than water. It requires a little more effort to drink than thin liquids. They call it um, the thickness of most commercially available anti-regurgitation infant formulas. Okay. Okay. That they, actually makes sense. Uh-huh. It's basically yeah okay. They that one it's one to four milliliters in the syringe after ten seconds.
0: One to four milliliters, okay. Um,
1: yeah, but they talk about that in like a case by case basis. I feel like that's if they just need like those kids that like thins just a little too fast, or
0: yeah. some of those kids have like. Thinking neurologic issues,
1: maybe a cleft that they're working with, laryngomalacia, trachomalacia. They just need slight alterations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you have mildly f- thick that flows off a spoon. It's sippable but pours quickly from a spoon. It may be suitable if tongue control is slightly reduced.
0: I love that they actually go through and correlate this to what physiologically They could Every be single wrong. one, they talk That's about amazing. It, which is like huge because... It just makes you think. Wait, you just graduated like a year ago. Did they cover IDC in grad school for you?
1: They like mentioned it, talked about it, but like we still were. In DD diets? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's,
0: I'm just thinking from a systemic, like nationwide, we're moving to an international diet. That's something that's going to have to be embedded in pediatric dysphagia coursework Mm -hmm. as well as dysphagia coursework. We've got to catch students and train them in the new diet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's
1: out there listening, let's troubleshoot and fix how we can do that. Go team. Whoop. <laughs> but that one is like four to eight milliliters in the syringe after 10 seconds. So mildly thick. Mildly thick. Okay. And I think like, I think the frustrating part is you're like, why can't you just tell me which one would be nectar and which one would be honey? And it's is like, we can't because there wasn't as much standard as it, you know, like we we're not going to sit there and say, Mildly thick is nectar, because or moderately thick is nectar, whatever. Because we don't.
0: I mean, this label right here says for the honey thick, and I know this is the extremely thick on the Itzy, but I'm sorry, the pudding-like thickness on the back of this one, which is you know, yeah, the thickest liquid. It says you could use three scoops or four scoops, so there was variability, mm-hmm.
1: which is why I think like the hospitals around us. One of the hospitals that you and I both know a bit about is working to set up their own they can, they're not just going to go and say, "Okay, well, we use this to thicken nectar. Let's just call that moderately thick Like they're going through all the standardization to mm-hmm. see what they need to use for that and then, and we thank you, friends, yes, we do, yeah, and then you go into the moderately thick, which um can be drunk from a cup. It can be eaten. On the spoon
0: because it's the same as level 3 liquidized pureed foods on yep, the, the, the on first the food scale runny
1: cereal runny pureed fruit so like i don't even i think it would probably even be thinner than like a thick smoothie i don't know mm-hmm. is, but
0: and then the last one's the extremely thick which is like a mm-hmm. thicker pureed food which would be like a level 2 or level 3 baby food okay i am all right, what's the flow rate before I have a question? What's the flow rate on the extremely thick? How much would be left and.
1: Extremely thick. Extremely thick, you don't use. You can't rate. actually, yeah, it's you so can't get it
0: through. Thick, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
1: So that's when you use the spoon because the extremely thick. I think the best example of the extremely thick is like a Greek yogurt.
0: So the baby would have to have, baby or child would have to have lip closure in order to get it off of the spoon because we don't like to scrape spoons on the back of our teeth because that sets up a bad behavior later on. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. It says if tongue control is significantly reduced and it requires a little less like propulsion, but yeah, they would have to have...
0: My all right. So my next thought is by the time you hit moderately thick and extremely thick, when I am there working with a kiddo that their drinks are moderately thick or extremely thick, what would have been like a honey thick and liquid, um, or like a pudding thick consistency on the NDD. I, um, actually prefer to, um, uh, talk with a family and the physician and the RDs. And because most of those kiddos that we're working with do have a feeding tube. That's when I like to work just on foods that are that consistency because I worry about if we have to add that much thickener in that the child's going to have severe constipation because Mm -hmm. these thickening agents do have the side effect of um, causing constipation. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, this is... I mean, I know the syringe or the test is kind of frustrating, but this is cool because it gives us a measure. I remember, like, when I would do swallow studies, uh, my supervisor a lot of times would recommend using, like, applesauce or baby food to thicken things. And this gives Mm -hmm. you a measurement to actually measure that out for the consistency as opposed to only. Allowing it to be that exact measurement with a thickener like this. You can
0: use a food to you can do it use a food as, as opposed it. to. And, I mean,
1: it, it's a little frustrating to have to use that, but I mean, that's what we got to do sometimes. But it, I like that it gives you that measure so you can like use food. And, and, that,
0: and that could actually food. add calories and help a child meet their metabolic caloric levels. They talk so about, do that with an RD. Yes. But they talk
1: about like someone asked, can I use water? to thin out something. And they were like, there's other options. So there's their response to it was like, there are other options to either thin out or thicken that have actual calories, but that's when you can talk to the RD. And that's why them understanding this language is so important because you can talk to them about the consistency that you want it. They'll understand. And then they can start to have that mindset of the foods that create certain consistencies that give certain nutrition and that can build that bridge. I think more so
0: that's bloody brilliant. Like, I think that's cool. Like they know that forces into professional practice that forces collaboration. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
1: Cause otherwise we were like completely speaking two different languages. It's like, I need it to be this consistency. And they're like, I need them to get this many calories. And it's like, how can we work together to figure that out? And this is kind of what it is, which is going to be a learning curve, huge learning curve, but
0: um, yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's, it's the right thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Isn't always easy. Often it's not, but it still needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Oh, my stars. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. There was one other thing that we want, I wanted to ask you about. We talked about, um, temperature making it thinner Mm -hmm. or if it's cooler. So like if they like a warm bottle or um, say they're at a daycare and the daycare warms their food up, that could thin it. So there's that variable that needs to be accounted for and considered. Um, Do they talk anything about, and you and I have joked about this, about food lubricant. Do they have any guidelines on that? Because
1: that would probably be what they would consider like a mixed consistency. Okay. So you'd, they'd have to be appropriate. For the, the consistency the, of the what food. What we call food. We're using food lubricant as an example for like dips.
0: Hummus, like ketchup, you know? mayonnaise. Um, if you're in the South, Duke's mayonnaise.
1: <laughs> it's the only real mayonnaise out there. Sorry to all you craft friends and fans. But my, I think they would probably.
0: They'd have to be cleared for And then for it's that.
1: confusing because like you think about like gravy, like those My brother would always get like a turkey sandwich with like open faced turkey sandwich with Mm -hmm. gravy, and then the gravy like softens the bread. Mm -hmm. But like
0: Salisbury steak over a slice of bread,
1: same concept, tinier version. They have to be, it sounds like they have to be appropriate for every possible consistency that that food could turn into.
0: Hence the transitional foods parallelogram adjacent to the triangle. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. I hope to God that's a parallelogram. If that's not a parallelogram, it's up there with me I don't not think knowing. It's a parallelogram. Okay,
1: I'm pretty sure a parallelogram, or maybe I'm thinking of a trapezoid. All
0: right. Well, we need to find out what that shape is, but it's on the side. In like
1: freshman year, of high
0: school. geography or geometry. geometry. <laughs> See, you finished your C's and then your brain liquefied. God, you what survived. Sorry, I thought the Rockies were the same thing as the Sierra's a couple episodes back. So we're okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is this is fantastic. Y'all, we are very much two um two very exhausted ladies. But um can I share that we've been working on something cool? Sure. OK, so Miss Aaron and I will let the cat out of the bag um, and we've been working on a book and it's very exciting. All about the interprofessional practice. It consists of me word vomiting and then Erin making it less vomitous, <laughs> which is like a full time job. And we're very, very excited about so it.
1: Now y'all can hold us accountable and. Ask when it's coming. When
0: it's coming, because we're. I'm. Um, I'm thinking. Um, September is a reasonable timeline for it to be out into the world of the world. Maybe the end of September, but we have high hopes. So, um, stay tuned. Um, because it too will count for. I believe continuing education credits, because it's all about um interprofessional practice for evaluations and collaboration and treatment of pediatric feeding and swallowing disorders
1: referrals and the wazoo. Oh yeah,
0: all the referrals. So, check it out on uh whenever it gets on the website. I'll have it on Heartwood and then I think Speech Therapy PD will be sponsoring it for continuing ed. So, I'm um, I'm excited. I'm um having an elevated heart rate. Good thing. I don't have my Fitbit on just putting it out into the world, but, um, there it is. So a bit of good news to end, um, an incredibly overwhelming Itsy project. Oh my God, we have to make this yeah, happen.
1: Like you can listen to this in the car, but then go back and look at the picture because that will help you and all the resources.
0: Yeah. This only makes sense if you look at the picture. Okay. All right, perfect. All right, well, that's it. I feel like we're going to have at least one question that we're going to have to answer. Um, And if we can't answer it, we will be sure to send you to the people that do answer it. So, um, on that note, hold tight, friends. Michelle Dawson, you're all things peeds SLP here with another exciting update brought to you by feedingmatters.org. So, if research on pediatric feeding stokes your fire, Then join Feeding Matters virtually on August 29th for the inaugural Pediatric Feeding Disorder Alliance Research Town Hall. Haley Henriksen Estrine, PhD RN, will present strategic updates and initiatives igniting and driving research to advance the elevation and treatment of pediatric feeding disorders. Visit bit.ly backslash pfda town halls to learn more that's a wrap folks once again thank you for listening to first bite fed fun and functional i'm your humble but yet sassy host michelle dawson the all things peds slp this podcast is part of a course offered for continuing education through speech therapy pd.com please check out the website if you'd like to learn more about ceu opportunities for this episode as well as the ones that are archived and as always, remember, feed your mind, feed your soul, be kind, and take those babies.